This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the Get Booked Podcast, sort of. And this is the very first episode of our new reading recommendation experiment, Human versus Algorithm. We are recording on July 19th. I'm Jen Northington. I'm here with Erica as a Fetty, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Erica, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yes. Thank you for volunteering to be my very first victim for this <laughs> new concept. Yes. All the experiments. I love it. Right. We're doing a lot of them. Uh, Okay. So some housekeeping before we get into everything that's happening. (laughs) I woke up with a cold this morning and Erica Mm. just got a kitten. So there could be all kinds of noises (laughs) happening on this this recording. So it's all very exciting. Well, Erica's news is exciting. Mine is not, but you know, that's all right. So if you hear a cat or sneezing, that's what's happening. Um, (laughs) So random. I know. It really is. So yes, this is our experiment. We are working on figuring out some new things to do with the Get Booked feed. And this was my brainchild. And uh, as I said, Eric has very kindly agreed to be our first uh, guest host on this. You are normally on HeyYA. Is that right? Yes, normally I chop it up with tears of price on Hey YA. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we get into all things Hey YA and, you know, a little this and that. We have yeah. fun. <laughs> you, you do have a good time. Well, I'm always yeah. excited to talk to you because you're fun to podcast with. So, Thanks, friend. It's always fun to be on your podcast. I've been on like, I've been on a couple with you. Yeah. You know which ones? I do too. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, which ones? I know you do like a couple. I'm like, I know I've been on a couple with you before. Yeah. It's, they were both fun. Um, fun times. Good, good. Uh, so yeah, so we are, this is the very first time we've done this format. So what we've done is we've taken four reader questions from the Get Booked question sheet. And we, I have come up with personalized recommendations for two of them and then algorithm recommendations for the other two. And Erica has done the same thing, but switched. And we're going to see how it goes, question mark. It's going to be really interesting <laughs> so bear to with say us. the least yes <laughs> yeah I have a lot of feelings actually about how, doing the algorithm part like we all know uh, how to look up like a personalized book recommendation right but like the algorithm part was interesting so yeah Goodreads algorithm is interesting oh by interesting, interesting we mean not good I think is what nah, we mean yeah, bad. Exactly. it's real, real bad it's real bad we'll get into that more uh in a minute first let's do a quick sponsor break Today's episode is brought to you by Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds. College student Blake and her girlfriend have one goal, join the exclusive sorority that promises connections to a network of trailblazing women of color. Now, Ella's acceptance is a sure thing. She's a daughter of a Serena Society alum. After all, Blake, on the other hand, lacks Ella's pedigree and her confidence. Luckily, though really unluckily, she finds courage at the bottom of a liquor bottle. 
When she drinks, she's bold and funny. And as pledging intensifies, so does Blake's drinking. Ella assures her that she's fine. Partying hard is what it takes. But with her future on the line, Blake must decide how far she's willing to go to achieve glittering dreams of success. Now, just so you know, Jazz Hammonds is the 2023 winner of the critic Scott King John Steptoe Award for New Talent for We Deserve Monuments. And We Deserve Monuments was an Amazon Best Books of the Year and Barnes and Noble Best Books of the Year for 2023. So suffice to say, y'all should check this new one out. Thanks again to Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Disney Books. Do y'all like Caribbean mythology? What's more, a thriller inspired by Caribbean mythology? If you do, I got something for you. A must-read thriller that draws from the darkest corners of Caribbean mythology from acclaimed author Sarah Das, who crafts a chilling tale of magic, murder, and how far we'll go to protect what's ours. It's perfect for fans of Angeline Bully and Tiffany D. Jackson. So unlike other people on the small island of St. Virgil, Selena Da Silva does not believe in magic. She has a logical mind. She likes botany. She wants to study pharmacology. But then her mother gets sick and she's tethered to the island and she has to make money. So what does she do? She cons a couple gullible tourists with these useless talismans and phony protection rituals. But then one of the tourists ends up dead and at the center of a strange string of murders. And the truth Selena has been denying can no longer be avoided. There is evil lurking in the forest that surround St. Virgil. Now to find out what that evil is, make sure to pick up It Waits in the Forest by Sarah Das. And thanks again to Disney Books for sponsoring this episode. All right. Oh, I moved that around. Well, it's fine. We're on an adventure here. It's all fine. I blame my cold medicine. Okay, so it's here's, okay. It's okay. here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read our first question. And then we're just going to get into this is mm. what we're going to do. So it's good. Yeah. Emily writes this summer. I loved watching the summer. I turned pretty. It was so fun to jump back into Cousins Beach, a world I loved when I first read the books back in high school, all the romance and family drama. I also loved how well Jeremiah, Conrad and Belly knew each other from years of spending summers together and think it added a depth to the story. Being older now, I went on a search for books that had a similar feel, but written for a slightly older audience. I found Sorrow and Bliss, Every Summer After, and Ask Again, Yes. All of these books were so great. I'm looking for more like them. They were told from the perspective of an adult reflecting on a childhood or adolescent friendship that became a romance and how those relationships shifted and changed throughout time. The romantic interest was usually a family friend or neighbor, and I love the friendship to romance plot line. Looking for more like it. All right. So, hmm. Erica, you got to do the human recommendation. Mm. For I am human. Yeah. <laughs> for the I human. I am human. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I chose A Lot Like Adios by Alexis Sadia. And it's about these Bronx kids who, well, they're not kids anymore, but they grew up together in the Bronx and they were like friends, kind of like more uh, Michelle and Gab Gabriel. And basically Michelle is like this freelance graphic designer. Her love life is in the toilet. Okay. And <laughs> She is cool with that, you know, as far as one could be cool with that, because like her, the rest of her parents, her parents and the rest of her family, I should say, 
Um, they're like Puerto Rican and Italian. So they're super into like marriage and big families and stuff like that. So she's like the black sheep as far as that's concerned. And um, she doesn't really like super buy into, you know, like the idea of the one or like prioritizing marriage um, because the person who she would have done it with left 13 years ago, mm-hmm. that person, Gabriel, he left the Bronx at 18 because his parents were pressing him and he like just couldn't take it. So he went to L.A. and um, started a celebrity gym like you do when your parents are pressing. <laughs> right like you do. <laughs> like, just, let me just go work out. Like, do you even lift bra? <laughs> so he's like, you know, I'm about to lift bra and he's a gym bro now, a celebrity gym bro. And so they happen to reconnect through like work and stuff. So they see each other and they basically rekindle what they had before. Um, but to but for it to really like, you know, pop off like it should, it being their relationship, they have to work on some things. They've got to address some personal demons, some expectations they put on themselves, maybe because of others people's expectations and um yeah they got to work that out now this is a little you know a little spicy so (laughs) heads up on that I know different people like different amounts of spice and pizzazz with romance Mm -hmm. so I chose this because I have not read the summer I turned pretty I've heard great things about it but um I chose this because uh the reader's other books Emily's other books like Sorrow and Bliss Every summer after, ask again, yes. They seem to deal with like kind of like issues, like serious issues, like whether they're, you know, personal issues, mental health issues, familial issues. And I feel like Michelle and Gabriel have stuff to work out. And I also chose because they were friends before, um, you know, 13 years before. So that's why I chose this one for this question. Now, how how did your algorithms? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I just want to say I loved a lot like audios. So I love that recommendation. I think that's yes, a good yes, one. Yes. Yeah. So I. Y'all will hear I did a special bonus episode that Erica actually hasn't heard yet because it's still in edits um, with my friend who wrote her thesis on algorithms and book recommendation systems for library school. So we talked a little bit about algorithms and we talked about Storygraph specifically. And I was already like planning on using Storygraph because I've enjoyed messing around with it. And I thought it would be, you know, like, like you said, Erica, Goodreads is terrible at knowing what else you might like. Like if you use their, like people also liked or similar books, like it's just nonsense. It's It's nonsense. So I used Storygraph, but this was still tricky because what I ended up having to do was use similar books to Every Summer After, Mm. plus some review of the descriptions and mood tags. Because, you know, it it was definitely like, it wasn't bad. They weren't bad. Um, But I got a ton of YA, like, which I would have done, especially if I had done Summer I Turned Pretty, which I knew, Mm -hmm. which is why I didn't use it. Um, But even using Every Summer After, I still got a ton of YA. So I had to weed through all of those. And then some of them were kind of heavier Mm. than I was expecting. And so, but Storygraph has these things they call mood tags. And the book that I'm going with is The Lucky Escape by Laura Jane Williams 
which I have not read or done any research for because that's the concept <laughs> of this show. But it feels really weird not to do. Let me just tell you all, like it feels mm-hmm. extremely weird not to do what I would have done for regular get booked. But that's not this concept. So here we are. <laughs> so and the lucky escape by Laura Jane Williams does sound like I think it could fit the bill. Uh, our main character, Annie, is supposed to be getting married and she gets left at the altar. She is completely shocked. She had no clue that this is what was going to happen. And she randomly encounters an old friend who's a dude whose name is Patty, apparently, uh, who like, you know, reminds her like oh yeah I used to be like this different person we used to be friends um maybe I'm gonna you know do something wild and crazy so she decides she's gonna say yes to every opportunity that comes her way from now on and she's gonna go on her honeymoon because she's already got the tickets and Patty is going with her I bet you can figure out what happens I mean I'm guessing but I bet I can figure out what happens next uh it sounds enjoyable in terms of like I said the tags that um community reviewers leave you pick from a selection of them on storygraph and 85 percent picked lighthearted, 60 percent funny and 51 percent hopeful and then 39 percent emotional and I felt like those were pretty comparable to what people had tagged for every summer after so yeah it was it was a real journey not to like do a lot of vetting like I was trying to do the minimum amount Mm. of vetting like okay no YA because you said no YA yeah but otherwise like to just try to let the algorithm give me a book I am I am gonna have to practice that (laughs) yeah I I was I'm guilty in my algorithm turns I was a little guilty of that and I had to keep reminding myself that like oh hey right the point of this yeah is to not do that right so you know I don't actually know if Lucky Escape is a good one or not I mean it seems yeah. it seems actually not bad uh, but again I did some screening so yeah <laughs> I don't know how much that messes with our concept <laughs> yeah you do have to screen it because it's also like as you said it's like people are voting on like the mood tag. Mm-hmm. So that's going to, the mood is going to differ yeah. depending on the person. Right. And some people, it's like, you know, subjectivity is a thing, but also sometimes it's like, what were you thinking? <laughs> like, right. What do you mean right. this is a lighthearted or this yes. is this or that? It's like, no, it's not. It just simply is not Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. some things. It's not like the publishers are submitting information to no, Storygraph. No, no, no. Which would be interesting. That would be interesting. I don't know that I would trust the publishers anymore. Yeah. I trust your random that's random true on the internet to be perfectly honest because sometimes those like bur- blurbs mm-hmm. are very questionable I agree I agree yes but yes okay so we have the second reader request which I will read hi I'm a mom to an amazing 15 month year old she was born during the height of the pandemic so my anxiety is always high about her getting sick then Roe v Wade makes me terrified she won't have rights over her own body when she grows up Now with the latest elementary shooting, I basically never want to leave the house. I need some comforting books to help ease my mind. Some favorites that I've loved are The Gunkle, House on the Cerulean Sea, Under the Whispering Door, The Switch, and Midnight at the Blackbird Cafe. I'm not a big romance reader, but I will take a lesbian love story if it has a really good plot. I'm also open to magical and or fantasy that feels nothing like our world. Dropping my Goodreads below. Thanks for helping this anxious mom. Jessica. Oh, Jessica. Yeah. I don't have a kid, but I feel you. 
hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Well, so I'm the human for this one. I think we all like need some of this in our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. And I will say that my pick comes with some content warnings, but bear with me. Uh, It is light from uncommon stars by Rika Aoki and What I love so much about this book for a comfort read is that it's not that bad things haven't happened. It's that everybody gets what they need to heal from the bad things. So like that combination, I think, is actually really hard to do well. And I think Aoki does it perfectly. It is so heartwarming. You are so invested in these characters. You're so happy for them when they get what they want. Uh, So, okay, so content warnings. There are mentions of child abuse, assault, uh, transphobia, and racism. So the main character, uh, well, you actually jump around from different POVs, um, but Katrina is who I always think of as the main character of this book. She is transgender. She is a teenager and she has run away from home from a very bad home environment. And she loves to play the violin. She has this like terrible, crappy violin. She's like couch surfing. She's really not in a good place for her life. But all she knew was that she couldn't stay at home. So she's playing in the park one day. And this woman is like, hey, I will be your teacher. Shizuka Satomi, in the meanwhile, this is the woman who hears Katrina in the park. She has made a deal with the devil. This is not a spoiler. Like, it's pretty clear from the jump. Like, it's in the copy. (laughs) She was a violent prodigy. And she decided to make a deal with the devil to, like, get everything she ever wanted in her life. But what that means is that she has to deliver souls to the devil. And she has been training students other violin prodigies and then like turning them over to demons is what she has been up to and then we have lan who owns a donut shop also happens to be a like interstellar alien refugee and the way that these three women weave in and out of each other's lives and like the way they impact each other and the ways that, you know, they change each other and help each other get, like I said, what they need in life. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I was, I just, this book is a hug. This book is the huggiest of hugs. And I think it is, you know, some of your other picks, Jessica, like, you know, bad things have happened to folks in House on the Cerulean Sea or Under the Whispering Door. So mm-hmm. I can tell that you're like open to people recovering from things. And that's what this is. It's also really funny, believe it or not. Light from Uncommon Stars is hilarious and it will really make you want a donut. So like be forewarned to have donuts on hand. Um, <laughs> this so, uh, is one of the content. Well, not a content warning. Yeah, but it's you just have like a disclaimer. Have a it's donut. a PSA. Like yes. have a donut with you. Uh, so again, that was Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Aoki. That's a good one. And I feel like, like especially with like marginalized people, there's always, um, I don't know, there's a, it's like we're either like tragic mm. or um, like I've heard of like, I know people don't say Negro anymore. Sometimes Black people say Negro. So, you know, I can say it. But like, Sometimes there's this like, you know, um, in movies and books, there's like a tragic or magical Negro. Mm-hmm. I think that's the co- this name of a collection of poems, actually, Magical yeah. Negro. So there's that. And it's like it's either like it's that or nothing kind of. And then sometimes we we are seeing more now like 
I feel like we're seeing it more now where we have like more joy-based things. And this is not just for black people. I'm speaking from a black perspective, mm-hmm. but it's for any marginalized identity. Yeah. But I feel like you can have both. Cause it's like in real, you know, even during like Jim Crow and slavery, like, you know, people were living it up and having fun, even, you know, with terrible things happening to them. So I like, right. I like when there's both basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so yeah that's a good one also now I want a donut yeah right so I blame you. <laughs> that's really real <laughs> I want a donut all right so the algorithm as you said Jen the algorithm is weird to mm-hmm. it's kind of weird to work with um I use Storygraph for this it took me a second though because uh, when I put in House in the Cerulean Sea and Under the Whispering Door, basically the T.J. Klune books, mm-hmm. it kept giving me YA. And mm, that's not, it's not no. YA. Right. And it, it threw me off for a second because I was like, wait a minute. Um, that's not YA. Hmm. Um, so I had to sift through that. I also have used this, I've stumbled upon this site. I don't know if you mentioned it as um, earlier as a possible algorithm source, but it's a site called What Should I Read Next? Have you ever heard oh, of Oh, no. So I don't know how I, I stumbled upon this years ago. And I've actually used it before for my own like reading and it's been helpful. Hmm. So basically you go to What Should I Read Next? Yeah, what should I read next.com? And uh, you put in the author or the book, and it'll give you some suggestions. They don't have all books, hmm. um, so especially if it's like newer or something or not as like super popular, they might not have it. But for the books that I have put in that they have had, it actually has been pretty spot on for me. And I feel like, um, the first few recommendations are more on point usually. Mm, mm. So there's that. Okay. So I, I say all that I, I ended up, you might see from the notes, I ended up going with story graph anyway, although that, (laughs) (laughs) so why did I explain all that? Because I tried it with that, with that site, because I've had success with it before for my Mm -hmm. own reading and it kept giving me YA stuff. weird. Yeah. And I also got YA stuff with story graph though. When I put in again, when I put in TJ Klune's books, Mm. Um, and I had, I wanted, to, I had actually a couple of science fiction-y books that I wanted to recommend that were like comfort huggy type of reads. Mm. But then I was like, wait, no, that's the human algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't come up. I kept refreshing. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I also saw the story grab, you can refresh, obviously, because mm-hmm. it only shows you, I don't know, like 10 books at first. And so you know, if those are a bust, you can refresh and see other ones. Um, and a book, one of the books I wanted to recommend was, um, the Monk and Robot series, you know, Mm. Becky Chambers. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if that was a little, Jessica, you mentioned you wanted some more like, um, fantasy or magical. And I don't know, that's kind of more sci-fi ish. 
Um, but so you're one... just you're just straight up cheating right now. That's no, what's no, no, no. What? I was gonna... <laughs> no, no, wait, no, right, wait, cut it out, cut it out. edit, edit request. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I was gonna say a book by Becky Chambers came up. Oh, yeah, to be taught if not if fortunate, but that site that sci-fi. So I was like, I refrain from. Um, mm. That's not my official recommendation. <laughs> I'm saying a whole bunch of stuff, Jen. I'm just rambling. <laughs> just uh, uh, humor me, please. Okay. Um, so my official recommendation is Paybacks a Witch by Lana Harper. And I chose this one because I was Storygraph on Storygraph. I looked at fantasy and I stressed lightheartedness. This scored a 75% for lighthearted and it got a 58% for funny. Plus it's got some sapphic witch romance. (laughs) So I thought that that fit the bill. It seemed like it was lighthearted and funny and, you know, got a little bit of sapphic, sapphic magical romance. So basically it's about... Emmy Harlow, who is a witch, but she's not super powerful. And she's from this magical town called Thistle Grove, which sounds cute. Uh, she exiled herself basically because her family is complicated. Same girl, same. Um, and she wanted to just like find out about herself. Uh, but also it kind of is because she had a breakup with this dude, Gareth uh, Blackmore, which is an interesting name. Um, so there's a spell casting tournament that she, um, is going to enter and she's trying to like do her family proud basically through this tournament, but there are some complications. Um, Gareth is around. She also meets this like really stunning and alluring witch Talia and who is like super good with magic and stuff like that and also off a bad breakup also with gareth blackmore so he's what you call an f boy (laughs) i believe the scientific term for it is you know i speak a little latin jen you know i know a little latin you know what i mean so um talia you know, they, they want to get revenge on Gareth because he's just run around raggedy doing hood rat things with his friends. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that clip. It's from like 15 years ago. It was so funny. <laughs> random, random meme alert. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that, but it's so funny. Um, so he's run around just being ragged. Okay. And the girls are like, let's get revenge. I'm tired. Like he's a mess. He's done us, he's done us dirty, you know? So that's, you know, they want to know if Emmy is in. Um, so there's also Talia though. So um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, get revenge on him, but also like Talia's there and looking fine AF, you know what I mean? So maybe that'll take up her time. Uh, this is billed as um, being part like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and the L World, L World, L Word, sorry. Um, I have not read it. So it sounds fun though. It seems like it's popular. It seems like people like it who have read it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a couple people at Book Riot 
have read it. Yeah, I'm just sitting over here like biting my tongue. I love that book. So you like it? Okay, good. I have not read love it. Okay, you it. like it. This is a good algorithm pick. This is a good algorithm. Okay. Pick. Okay. Well, the algorithm we had to I had to work with her because she was not <laughs> she did not give it to me at first. I had to coax her. I had to tell speak sweet nothings into her ear. We had to talk out Miss Algorithm Miss Al Gorithm. All right, Miss Gorithm. Yes. I had to have a word with her. <laughs> she was a mess. Yes. But we got it in the end, Miss Garitham. Yes. <laughs> we got it in the end. I'm glad that's good because I was like, Ugh. I, I like I said, I almost like you said, I almost did low key cheat. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's real tempting. It's really tempting. Yeah. I'm like, I know what would work for this. But yeah, not supposed to. Not supposed to. Yeah. So I, I persevered. You did. You did. Payback's a witch. Lyle Harper. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good one. Oh, Lord. All right. Let's take our next break. Sponsor break here. Today's episode is brought to you by Gallery Books. So Anna Green thought she was marrying Liam West for access to subsidized family housing while at UCLA, which is an interesting reason to marry someone. But, you know, in this economy. So anyway, she signed divorce papers when the graduation caps were tossed and she thought she was done at she wasn't. Three years later, Anna is a starving artist living paycheck to paycheck while West is a Stanford professor. Now, he is part of a conglomerate. His family owns this mega grocery store chain. He's not interested in working for them, but he is interested in those greenbacks, honey, that come in the form of a $100 million inheritance. To get it, he has to be married for five years. That's where our girl Anna comes back into play. So the two will fake a marriage, but as he gets to know her and gets to appreciate the feisty, foul mouth, paint splattered girl that she is, he'll begin to wonder if the money is worth the love of his life. Pick up The Paradise Problem by Christina Lauren to find out if it is. And thanks again to Gallery Books for sponsoring this episode today's episode is brought to you by avid reader press so this next book is a really fun sounding mashup of different genres there's a little time travel a little romance a little spy thriller action going on so in the near future a civil servant is offered the salary of her dreams and is shortly afterward told what project she'll be working on a recently established government ministry is gathering quote-unquote expats from across history to establish whether time travel is feasible for the body but also for the fabric of space time this is an exquisitely original and feverishly fun fusion of genres and ideas the Ministry of Time by Colleen Bradley asks, what does it mean to defy history when history is living in your house? Colleen Bradley's answer is a blazing, unforgettable testament to what we owe each other in a changing world. It kind of gives Outlander meets Cloud Atlas or If the Time Traveler's Rife was written by Sally Rooney or Colson Whitehead. Make sure to check out The Ministry of Time by Colleen Bradley. And thanks again to Avid Reader Press for sponsoring this episode. Okay. Well, that was a delight. That's a delight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our next question is from Kelly, who says, the summer heat has killed my energy and attention span. Mm. I recently had some luck with rereading The Queen's Gambit, so I'd like to request a book similar to this. And by similar, I mean short 
fast-paced, tense, but detached, technical or sparse rather than emotional. I'm aware of Travis's other work. First of all, Kelly, same girl, Sam. Like mm. the summer heat is, I'm mm. literally sweating in a closet recording this right now. Yo, so. <laughs> there's you got a cold. Bless your heart for I real, know. Jen. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's oh it's fine. It's fine. For for the for the pod. For the pod. It's um, for the pod. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so I I uh I'm just gonna keep talking here. So <laughs> I was I had the algorithm and let me tell you. Mm. I could not believe how bad the algorithm picks for this was. I was like, let me do Goodreads. Like, I'll mm-hmm. I'll switch it up. I'll do different, you know, sites to get different different books. And like, you would think that the Queen's Gambit. I mean, there's literally a yeah. show. Like a yeah. bajillion people know this book, so you would think. Yeah. that the wrecks from the algorithm would be good. You would be so wrong. Sometime, yeah. if you want to laugh, put this into <laughs> Goodreads and look at what Goodreads thinks is similar. Not what, like Not what people have put it on lists, because that's not an algorithm. That's a person. What Goodreads thinks is similar. It's so bad. It's so terrible. bad. And I will say Storygraph also had trouble with this, but for an yeah. interesting, for what I think is an interesting reason, right? So- Storygraph, I was able to match short, fast-paced, and tensed. Mm-hmm. However, I could not get you a pick that was not emotional. I just couldn't. It was yeah. not possible. It was impossible. Like, there's no detached mood tag on Storygraph, and that is a submission I would like to make to the editors of Storygraph. <laughs> like, could you please add? Because it, it would make my life a lot easier for yeah. this show. So what I have for you is, you know, three out of four, which is not mm. bad, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. It's the subtweet by Vivek Shraya, which I do think is actually a pretty good pick in all of those ways aside from the detached part uh this is i mean i haven't read it but like from poking at it here it seems legit to me on those other levels um it is pretty short <clears throat> excuse me and oh well it's under 300 pages so you know it's not like the shortest but it's shorter. Yeah. and it is about an indie musician named mila who is like trying to you know she's out here doing the musician thing it's very hard we all know this Mm. um and then one of her songs gets covered by a very famous internet artist named rukmini and it goes viral they meet their friendship you know blossoms Uh, but then you know being two up-and-coming women in the music industry which is rife with you know racism, sexism, misogyny, et cetera. Um, they are, their friendship is like tested and implodes and careers are on the rocks and everything, you know, goes to hell. So that's like the tense part, right? Like that's clearly the tense part. Um, and it is really, I don't want to say this, like it sounds like it has all of that, you know, here is a woman in a difficult sphere for her to be in who just doesn't care and is out here to do it anyway but she can't help but be impacted by the sphere that she's in right which i think is very on point for queen's gambit also um and so uh yeah this is i thought this was a this was a decent i thought except for the the emotional part so i'm sorry yeah. that that story graph and i could not come up with a detached read <laughs> for you but again that's the subtweet by vivek shreya I think that sounds good. I feel like the detached part was hard. Mm -hmm. I have not read The Queen's Gambit, 
but yes, super duper raggedy with its recommendations. I think <laughs> the algorithm gets caught up on how old the book is. Maybe mm. I think it, it starts to recommend books that are that same age, at least Goodreads. Oh, did. Yeah. I think the age of the book plus it wasn't like, I think the book wasn't super duper popular when it first came out. You're right. Maybe it, yeah. it got popular like the last couple of years. Cause the Netflix, uh, mm-hmm. Netflix show. Yeah. Netflix show. I was like, I forgot which streaming. Yes. Uh, yeah, I totally. Like, yeah. Netflix. Um, so that's my thought on that. So I have not read The Queen's Gambit. So I had to look up things that were similar and, you know, try to work from that. This one was hard for me as a mm. person, as a human <laughs> recommender. It was hard, Kelly. I don't know, girl. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I tried my best, but okay. So, okay. I ultimately decided on a children's Bible by Lydia Millett because of the length. It's 240 pages. It's noted on StoryGraph as fast paced, it's tense. And I feel like there is kind of like a fable-like quality to it that I think will make it more detached. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like, again, I haven't read it, but it's been on my, it's been on my TBR forever. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I would read and the premise of it sounds really intriguing to me. So Um, it sounds like, yes, it sounds like, uh, first of all, it's called a children's Bible. So (laughs) fables, obviously it's starting off letting you know, like what time it is with that. And I feel like books that I've read that have been kind of satirical or, um, like fable, like fable adjacent tend to be like less emotional Mm -hmm. in my mind. So I feel like this would apply. So basically it's about a group of 12 kids who are on a vacation with their families their parents are like real raggedy they're like having sex and doing drugs and stuff and their kids are like oh god you know and um they resent their parents and they decide to run away when this um big storm comes on the summer state where they're vacationing and so they have to basically navigate this like really dangerous like apocalyptic chaos and it's um it's obviously got some biblical elements to it it also people also mention it being like lord of the flies it ha- it examines um like climate change and stuff like that as well as you know parent child relationships so i think i like I said, I have not read this, but I feel like it's a good one. And I and um, Lydia Millet just is a good writer in mm-hmm. general. I think this mm-hmm. was I think this book in particular was a National Book Award finalist. So uh, people say it's like really layered and stuff like that. So I, I feel like you'll like this. I think this will work. Again, it's ch- a children's Bible by Lydia Millet. She is such a good writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a solid. I, I would. That's a solid human pick. I think. I, I appreciate it. I tried my best. <laughs> Little steam was coming out of my ears at the end. But I tried. <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> Alrighty. So our last one reads: I am looking for books for my five-year-old. She's a pretty advanced reader and wants chapter books, but nothing too long, as she usually starts reading a chapter out loud for me, and then I take over when she gets tired. So far, she has liked Captain Underpants and the novelizations of Disney movies. She wasn't a huge fan of the Boxcar Children or the Bailey School's Kids. 
She is into unicorns and princesses, but also learning about space and nature. So, yes. Yeah. What is your bitching? Yeah, I love, first of all, this kid sounds great. Uh, she sounds awesome. <laughs> super awesome. Um, and that question was from Katie, by the way. I didn't want to forget to say oh, our yes. question asker's name. So mm-hmm. I picked the Jada Jones series, which starts with one I feel like is perfect. Oh, I should say the names of the authors. It's uh, the Jada Jones series is by Kelly Starling Lyons and Vanessa Brantley Newton. And the very first one is called Rockstar. <laughs> and what it means is like literal rocks. Like I was like, oh, interesting. Like somebody, <laughs> like a kid who likes nature stuff and, you know, is a girl. Like that's fine. There's nothing wrong mm. with those two things being hand in hand. And like, you'll know as soon as you look on the cover of this book, like, great. She's like, she's a really adorable girl who also loves nature. And... <laughs> So she's in school. Her best friend has moved away. She's not really excited about school because it's, you know, hard when you don't have a friend. Um, And then her teacher announces that they're going to do a class project on rocks and minerals. And she's like, my moment has arrived. Like, this is my my jam. And like, we're going to be on a team. So maybe I'll meet other people who like rocks. But like, it doesn't quite seem to be going that way. Mm -hmm. So she has to figure out, you know, how do you make new friends? How do you manage conflict as a child? right important Mm. learning Mm. lessons and how do you do a kick-ass science project about rocks Mm. so you know I feel like there's a lot to love here the art is really sweet um this is like meant to be a bridge for kids who are just starting to get more into the chapter book level so I think it will be about the right age group for your kid uh and you know, I just, th- I just feel like this whole series has a lot of like STEM themes in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that might be, so if she likes this one. There's lots more is what I'm saying. So again, that is uh Rockstar, the first in the Jada Jones series by Kelly Starling Lyons and Vanessa Brantley Newton. Three snaps for Jada, because when you said Rockstar, that just sent me for some reason. Like when you <laughs> explained what it was, I was like, right? Rockstar. I saw the cover. I was like, oh, that's cute. And then I moved on. I didn't like read the stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I looked at the book, you know, from the notes. I was like, oh, that's cute. She's cute. And you said it. And I was like, oh, that's what that means. Very cute. And yeah. So, and it's interesting side note on like children's books and the pr- their, their summaries and premises or whatever. Mm you talking about like kids learning conflict resolution. And I'm like, now I know a couple adults right. who need to read this book. Wait a second. Let me add that to someone's TBR real quick because it's real. <sighs> yes. But that sounds fun. Okay. So my algorithm pick for this one is Wedgie and Gizmo by Suzanne Selfers. It's illustrated by Barbara Fissinger. And I use Storygraph for this. I used uh, Captain Underpants as, you know, my thing I was comparing it to. And this one had, like Captain Underpants, it's very lighthearted, very funny. I got 100% for lighthearted and 100% for funny on Storygraph. And it seems like it's kind of got the same, like, adventure and comedy mixture of Captain Underpants. Basically, it's about a... Um, uh, 
fun, bouncy, barky dog and a guinea pig who just happens to be an evil genius. <laughs> they come to live with each other. And Wedgie is the dog. Obviously, he's super pumped because new friend, clearly, kind of looks like he's a corgi or something, which is mm. just as maybe I can't tell. It's like a little tan and white little little doggy. And so Wedgie is like not feeling no, no, sorry. Wedgie is the dog. Gizmo is not feeling um, this. He doesn't like that he has to share his loyal human servant that's in the book for <laughs> with this rump sniffing beast. I just had to I just had to read that straight from the blurb because I thought it was funny. <laughs> that's so good. Um, he has to he has to live in a pink Barbie playhouse and he has to get kissed and hugged by the her his human servant girl (laughs) so um gizmo wants to take over the world and you know make everyone feel his wrath and power but first he has to defeat his arch enemy wedgie the source (laughs) of all light and joy who just loves him so it sounds really funny it sounds fun um definitely i think for lovers of Captain Underpants. I think I think the algorithm did well on this one. Is I have read neither. I've seen like I've like tutored kids that read Captain Underpants, so I know what it's like. Mm-hmm. I haven't read Wedgie and Gizmo, but it I feel like it's pretty like comparable. So yes, again, Wedgie and Gizmo by Suzanne Selfers, illustrated by Barbara Fissinger. I'm getting like strong pinky in the brain vibes yes. from that, which I was yes. one of my favorites. Yes. Uh, so I I might need to pick that up for myself. Okay. <laughs> Actually, now that you mention it, pinky in the brain. Yes. Right. Oh my God. That takes me back. That lineup, I, the Animaniacs. I, yes. The Animaniacs. <sighs> I reference pinky in the brain constantly because my partner will be like, <laughs> what do you want to do tonight? And I'm like, same thing we do every night, except for that instead of, you know, trying to take over the world, it's like we're watching, you know, streaming on yes. our TV. Oh my God, Jen, that's still. amazing. I, You know what? I realized I need to reference Pinky and the Brain more. Right. Just for my mental health. For your, just, that's right. It's just, just for a laugh. That's just so funny. good. That's just good. <laughs> I love that. Oh, all right. So let's see. I added hilariously I added this section at the end of this uh because I was like oh what if that doesn't take us long enough we'll talk Mm. about some more books and meanwhile like we've been talking for plenty long but whatever we're gonna talk about some more books Mm -hmm. um so we have this section at the end of human versus algorithm that is books that we love that people should read and why sort of brief you know a little hand selling as it were um I'm gonna go first because Erica it looks like you only have one which is fine if you only want to have one Actually, I do have another. That you I have another one? Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to go first anyway, because I'm still talking. So here we are. <laughs> That's fine. All right. So my first pick for y'all that I would like to shout out is The Dawn Hounds by Sasha Stronach, which I read on vacation the last time I took vacation, a couple months ago. And I was just astonished at this book. It is a like weird blend of science fiction and fantasy it is full of 
body horror and gore, but in a way that I could actually read, which if you are a longtime listener of the show, you know, I am a delicate flower, but yet I got through this. So I'm now adding Stronach <laughs> to the list of authors who can do this in a way that I can read. Um, it mm. does also heads up, have some institutionalized homophobia. This takes place in a world where there is a city that is like recovering from a huge war and the gods are like actually fighting with each Mm. other and with other humans there are you know like there's weird like plant magic sort of there's technology like industrial technology there's cops there's boats there's like wacky hijinks there's also some really serious stuff that goes down I like really honestly have not figured out my elevator pitch for this book yet but the best thing I want to say to you is that like if you loved Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir and we were like I need more like that this book this book is does a lot of similar things in its completely own way like it's going to dump you in the middle of this world and you're like I don't understand anything that's going on and I don't care it's got like you know great queer characters it's got so many like jokey moments but also great action and like some dark stuff so it does all of the things that I feel like a lot of people have been looking for for Gideon the Ninth comps and not finding so 100% put the Dawn Hounds by Sasha Stronach on your list. Um, Stronach is a Maori writer. And I think this mm. was out in that corner of the world before it came to the U.S. because it won the Sir Julius Vogel Award for Best Novel in 2020, which I'm pretty sure is like a Australian slash New Zealandy award. Um, mm-hmm. But it is just out now in the U.S. So get on get on that train is what I'm saying to you. That sounds really good. It's great. Should I talk about mine? Yeah, yeah, you do one. Okay. You do one. Right, we'll trade. Okay, we're taking turns. Okay, so mine, I feel like, is something that a lot of people have heard of, but I wanted to mention it again because, like I said, I was tempted to mention it earlier, so it was on my mind, and I love it as a kind of like a comfort fun read for me, mm. despite the name, <laughs> murder <laughs> the, the Murderbot um, series. And it's, it's mostly like a collection of, I think most of them are novellas. There's one short story and one full length novel. And I've read all of them. So in nice. session. So I love the series. It's super fun. It follows a sec unit named Murderbot, who is part organic and inorganic material. So basically like an Android. And he, or they, I should say. There's I think no it's gender. it. I think it. Murderbot is yes. it. Yeah, I, I always really, forget. Really, yeah, I always forget because I think they're presented in a masculine way, which, mm-hmm. you know, because they're a security unit. So, right. you know, masculinity and gender norms are. So anyway, um, they, it is a security unit and it is supposed to it's owned by this big company i forgot the name of the company owned by this company that um, basically builds these units for people to rent out for protection uh for really for whatever they want to do um they're just as long as they have the money they're good it's very much like the corporations in this this these books are um very like the corporations in our world (laughs) so they don't care as long as you got the money so it's whatever um and they 
so they have this thing called a governor module, which is how they control the sec units. But Murderbot, which it calls itself, has like hacked its governor module. So it is walking around as a free agent, but people don't know until they do. And funnily enough, when it acts, when it can act as a free agent, it does its job better. So, you know, it's super funny. Um, and it's very relatable. And I was like, hmm, Erica, what does it mean that you can like relate to a um, an AI security mm. unit that calls itself Murderbot so much? So much. Like, what does that mean about yourself? <laughs> I didn't think too deeply into it and I was just enjoying the ride. But it definitely like Murderbot wants to lay up and watch soap operas all day um, and other types of media. Its favorite is called Sanct- The Rise and Fall and Sanct- <laughs> Sanctuary Moon, which is just such a great title mm. for a fake uh, soap opera. And it goes on these adventures and things. And um, there are some great points about like personhood and um, just people respecting, respecting you, found family, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's really funny. Like Murderbot is very sarcastic. It's got all the jokes um it's robot friends it meets along the way are super funny it's just a really fun like I think for me for me I kind of like a little thing to escape into that Mm -hmm. like is just super fun for me so with the world ablaze literally in some places even if you've heard of this because I'm like I never know like how popular certain things are and some audiences may not have may not be familiar with the uh, Murderbot series. I believe the first one is called All Systems Red. It's by Martha Wells. So definitely pick that up if you want like kind of an escapist, fun, sarcastic um, sci-fi adventure. So yeah. Cosign, love Murderbot. I actually need to catch up. I'm not caught up. So I gotta catch up. Oh yes, you will. Well, I mean, it's kind of, it's consistently great. So oh yeah. Yeah. You don't it's, like a very, it, it's a very steady series. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So my next pick, second pick, last pick is Stolen Focus by Johan Hari, which is nonfiction. I read it earlier this summer. And again, longtime listeners will know I've read a lot of books about like how our brains work and focus and productivity and all of that jazz. And this is definitely that. The subtitle is Why You Can't Pay Attention and How to Think Deeply Again. I actually personally do not have focusing troubles. Like I'm super good at focus. So I don't actually remember why I picked this up, except that somebody I think recommended it to me. Rebecca might've recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, well, let me read it anyway. Maybe I'll learn some interesting stuff. And wow, was I called out by this mm. book? I was like, I don't have these problems. Yes, I do. Turns out I <laughs> surprise. I had some real bad habits, uh, in, in, particularly at work, honestly, which I think is very normal. Mm. A lot of us are out here multitasking, destroying our brains one, mm. one multitask at a time. So there's a really amazing chapter on sleep also. And I learned some shocking things, including that. Did you know Ooh. when you sleep, mm. your brain literally washes itself? 
like the like liquid no. washes through your brain what? to like clear out there's brain crud that builds up in your brain and Where if, does you it go? if you don't get enough sleep the crud just sits in your brain like what? you have brain crud I know it's wild it's wild I tell you so I, I it like put the fear in me about sleep which is fine I, I love to get sleep so I'm not sad to have even more reasons why I should get wow. but yeah it's shocking and there's <gasps> I mean there's a whole bunch of stuff in there there's a whole section on attention deficit disorders there's lots of stuff about kids you know and I think uh, what I appreciate about it is that Hari is very upfront about like some of this research is kind of controversial mm-hmm. some of it is disputed like not everybody agrees about what these studies are showing and what it mm-hmm. means so he says this is what I think and this is what you know these are the most compelling people I talk to but like you know make up your own mind so mm-hmm. I appreciate that as well uh so again that's stolen focus by Johan Hari when you were saying um you don't know why you chose it and I was like God chose it for you to <laughs> tell me because I am <laughs> It's for me. It's me. It's me. It's me. I have ADHD. Like mm. a, so yes. That is one that I need to add. Listen, I'll be super <laughs> curious what you think about it. I'd be yeah. so curious. Yeah. I actually really need to get into that. Mm-hmm. There are children. I'm sorry. There are children screening. Um well, we're almost done. We're all right. Okay. We're all right. Okay. All right. My other pick is called Other Terrors, an inclusive anthology. It's edited by Vince A. Liaguno and Rena Mason. And I, like you, Jen, am a delicate fleur. <laughs> so usually this is not my forte. But since I've started Book Riot, I actually edit um, a horror newsletter called The Fried Stuff. And the writer of the newsletter does such a good job with selling things I'm like oh that sounds terrible but I think I might like it I would like to see it Monique Giff I would like to see it <laughs> so I'm you know coming out of my little my little scary shell so I came across this one because it's newly out and it sounded really interesting the premise is super interesting and like the title it deals with the other the concept of the other which is basically anything that's different from this status quo is that the right way from what is considered to be standard Mm -hmm. in the western world that's you know the standard is cis hetero white and male although people forget the male is also the male part is also part of that Mm. you know shade shade thrown (laughs) to those who um, it's due to. So this, the introduction by the editors explains how, as far as horror is concerned, like, you know, horror books, movies, TV shows, etc. cetera, um, how much the concept of the other plays into what we think is terrible and horrible and how that's presented to us and how a lot of times Again, that standardization of humanity, the other is often marginalized people like, you know, Mm. racially, um, gender, especially if it's a marginalized gender that is not conforming to what society says it should be. Mm. 
right? So as far as women are concerned, if you're not a woman who is giving birth and married, then you're, you know, like say witches, for instance, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like witches are independent. And then they got burned back in the day because Mm -hmm. it was like this idea of, you know, uh, independent, powerful women was scary. So they talk about how, yes, this concept of the other, how it plays into horror. And it has such a like rock star lineup of contributors. It's got um, Stephen Graham Jones, mm. Tanaravi Du, Jennifer McMahon, S.A. Cosby, Alma Katsu. It mm. gives and it gives. So I have not finished reading this yet. But I already really like it. And I think other people should, even like the introduction, I think it set it up so well. And I think that concept is such an important one for us to consider. Um, It is Disability Pride Month. Of course, we can celebrate, you know, disabled authors. And we do at, you know, 365 all year Mm. round. But I do think it's an interesting thing to think of, especially as far as able-bodiedness goes and other um, privileges that we may not think about. Um, I read the one by <laughs> Miss Do Tanaravi Do that had me. I was reading What Moves the Dead, just throwing that out there, which is mm-hmm. a retelling of the, the Fall of the House of Usher or whatever by T. Kingfisher. And I was like feeling that. I read the short story by Do and I was like, wait a second. I'm like, I have to put this down. Like it's it it sticks with you. Mm. And I'm just like, what did this mean? And what was that? And why did this happen? So mm-hmm. Pick that up if you're into, like, if you want to, you know, keep your lights on at night and also (laughs) think about things. So, again, Other Terrors, an inclusive anthology by Vince A. Liaguno and Rena Mason. Amazing. And that's our show. Hooray. (laughs) (laughs) We did a lot. We did the most today. We did a lot. Uh, Thank you so much, Erica, for coming and playing this game with me. (laughs) No problem. It was fun. Thanks. Thank you to everyone for listening. Please do keep sending in your feedback. I'm seeing it. I appreciate it. We really love seeing what people are thinking of the experiment. Can't wait to hear what y'all think about this one. Uh, If you would like more book recommendations, human generated, not algorithm, you can go (laughs) to bookriot.com. You can also find our other podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen. As always, you can leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, Thanks to the sponsors who continue to make these shows possible. And in between shows, Erica, where can people find you on the socials? You can find me occasionally on Twitter at Erica underscore E-Z-E underscore. Great. Mm -hmm. All right. And when I am not forgetting to tweet uh or post i am on twitter and tumblr as jen irl j-e-n-n-i-r-l or on instagram as i am jen irl and we will talk to you next time 